Welcome to episode 9 of Let's Watch Cop Rock, an 11-episode podcast discussing that classic police procedural rock musical soap opera crime drama, Cop Rock, 11 episodes of which aired on ABC during the fall of 1990. Over the course of this podcast as a whole, we discuss the events of the show, our reactions to the music, and the ways this program worked or didn't work, and why some of it still seems very relevant today. Sometimes we get political, sometimes we crack up uncontrollably, Sometimes we tell unbelievable, but entirely true, stories of our own lives intersections with crime or law enforcement or both. Every episode we play good cop, bad cop, or innocent bystander. Watch the ninth episode of Cop Rock before listening. Trust me, it'll make a lot more sense that way. You can get Cop Rock on Amazon or direct from Shout Factory. There are links for each in the show notes. I want to remind you, we're not affiliated with Shout Factory, we're not affiliated with Cop Rock, and we gain nothing from that purchase, other than that you share our pain. You can find Officer Orifice on Twitter as at Officer Orifice. I'm there too as at Cop Rocker. Our theme music is The Crime by Risework, with full attribution in the show notes. And now, let's watch Cop Rock. Oh, who wants to do an intro? Who wants a mouthful of cookie? Okay, y'all are eating cookies. Cookie, cookies and so. there's no more wine, but cookies and wine, we say. Yeah, there is more wine. Mm. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no. Can I, I can have a Magnum to myself. <laughs> <laughs> I do have Magdar. <laughs> <laughs> So welcome to episode 9 of Let's Watch Cop Rock, in which we will talk about episode 9 of Cop Rock. Yeah. That's weird how that works, right? Isn't it? You started to say the name of the episode. Marital Blitz. My very first note was... Oh, well, let's introduce ourselves. I'm Detective Duda. I'm Sergeant Snell. And I'm Officer Orifice. There we go. Had your... Or a fiche stuffed with cookie there for a oh, second. I did. <laughs> delicious, delicious cookie. Mm-hmm. So my very first note was, I hope this episode is called Marital Blitz because daughter-wife shoots husband-father with a tank. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to be real straightforward. I love how your hate just like kind of becomes more and more seething with every episode. You're like, I really hate him. I really fucking hate him. I want him to die. I want Vicky to blow his ass up with a fucking tank. That's, I just love how it's evolved into this kind of. I know. That's how I do. I can't yeah. wait for episode ten where you kind of say like, I really want him to hung, be hung, drawn, and quartered. Yeah. By yeah. episode eleven, I'm going to be hoping that North Korea actually nukes Los Angeles. I'm just, I'm just glad that there won't be. An episode 12 because I fear that if there was you'd probably just turn up with that actor's corpse and kind of just go like oh hey guys I got him and we're like oh god snail now we're really fucked <laughs> and they'll slam her for another 20 yeah exactly now okay full disclosure um uh, I'm going to be a bit flaky on this episode because I was involved in a uh, an aborted prison breakout during the watching of this episode, i.e. 
I fell asleep. Um, <laughs> but Marital Blitz, we thought it was going to be a Vicky Ralph episode, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't, was it? No. In fact, there was basically zero Vicky Ralph. Yeah. Um, so that was weird. That was weird. Why bother naming it that? Do you think that uh, it was meant to be an episode about that and then they just forgot to write it in? <laughs> <laughs> I think actually this is probable that Shout Factory named these episodes, not the people who actually produced the show 27 years ago. Right. They didn't want to watch it. Yeah. And, and they, they just made some assumptions on the basis of the They got the, the cliff notes episode. of Cop Rock. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they just watched the last week on Cop Rock, which took 45 minutes, and they right. assumed they'd seen the episode. Right. Yes. <laughs> and actually, talking of the previously on Cop Rock bit, um, something I noticed this time that I didn't notice when it was actually on. So... I'm glad that there was a previously on because mm-hmm. it drew my attention to it. But it's when the chief is standing outside that um, the courthouse or courtroom, and he mentions the Negro con merchants. Yeah, and Ozzy is standing right next to him. Oh yeah. And in a previous episode, it's been established that Ozzy's his confidant, and yeah. in fact, Ozzy with his pips. Gave him advice mm-hmm. on how to handle a mayor. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of thinking, it doesn't really work, does it? Because he's kind of like, I mean, the chief is slightly mentally absent. Fucked up. Yeah. I think we determined that with his first mayor cardboard cutout that came out of his closet that he shot at in, what, episode two or three? Yeah. yeah. He's, he's not, he's not, he's all, not there. all there. How does the secretary not scream and call 911 from inside police headquarters when yeah. that happens? Yeah. How, do, how does that work? I don't know. But... You just reminded me. I, I I have actually missed the cupboard. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I'm just waiting, you know, because it was a little bit of a thing, wasn't it? Every week it's like, what's in the cupboard? Yeah. I haven't mm. seen the cupboard for like forever. It's been hanging out with Crystal Ashtray and her mama. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe the next thing that comes out of the cupboard is Crystal Ashtray and her mama. There, there was a point when we get to the birthday gift that I have a moment of kind of revisiting the cupboard in my mind. Okay. Mm. I, but I did I did like write down a note. How does Ozzy Square working for the chief with his whole brave man sleep speech? Because yeah. like Ozzy is having to eat a lot of shit mm-hmm. as the chief's confidant and handler and speechwriter and... Uh, as far as I can tell, functioning frontal lobe. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. You know. So, do you think he's kind of working from within to bring down the system, this horrible racist system, or is it just lazy writing? I think he hopes he's making it better. Yeah. Also, maybe lazy writing. Yes. I think it's lazy writing. Uh, but so let's not skip the first song. Then. Oh no! Um, 
I'm still talking about uh, the previously on. <laughs> <laughs> We're heroes all. Oh. Um, like, I didn't expect there would be a song that would make Chunky Poo Face <laughs> opening theme seem like musical genius. <laughs> but we've seen it now. Mm-hmm. We've seen a song that made me wish we could just rewind and watch the opening credits again. Because that song is so bad. Yeah. The Medal, uh, the Medal of Valor song. Yeah. Yep. I was very unsure of what was going on there. Yeah, it was because I was waiting for somebody to come out and do like a solo. I, yeah. The lighting was very dramatic and... Yeah. But it was still shitty writing and... Not. Well, I put um, slightly on the toilet lyrics... <laughs> when you were a child or like nowadays I think it's kind of like maybe either would work really with this song because I'm pretty sure at one point one of the vocalists says like uh, yada yada that time I saved that kid yeah. yes that time did. I took him down and saved that kid yeah yeah and it's uh, like what in the hell it's the shittiest song they've done. And they've done some shitty songs. Yeah. This is the shittiest song they've done, period. Yeah. I think this is right down there with the They Shot My Baby Kid song. Oh, it's worse than that. Yeah. Oh, I would rewatch the I would rewatch the Shot My Kid song. I might have to disagree with that. <laughs> I think they're both at the bottom of the barrel. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Hanging out with a bunch of other ones. Yeah. You know, oh, so. yeah. No, it's pretty crowded down there. Yeah. But like, got a shit, a shit song showdown. For real. <laughs> <laughs> do we have to do like the best of and the worst of? Oh, the like the evil play. No, track. no, we can't do that because I, I, we cannot be held responsible for yet a, another round of deaths. Because you know yeah. those ones that we're already serving time for. Yeah, they were bad enough. It's pretty bad. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to be responsible for any more death and suffering. Oh, you know, I feel like it's almost. Um, have you ever watched the movie At the Mouth of Madness? No, it's an old uh, horror film from the late eighties, early nineties, in which Sam Neill plays uh, sort of a Stephen King analog. He's this horror writer who lives in New England. Okay, and he's set all these novels in this specific town in New England where all this crazy stuff has happened. And he goes to the uh, the town that he's based everything on and oh. finds out that like there are actual cults there and there's all this crazy stuff happening. And the title, of course, like borrows from Lovecraft's Lovecraft. The Mountains yeah. of Madness. And uh, ultimately, it's a movie. It's a movie about how like uh, experiencing a story or a song or any other sort of media <clears throat> uh, work can drive people insane and i feel like if we made people listen to the like the the bad soundtrack uh-huh. the 11 worst songs from cop rock we would actually have that effect it would be like that would be the outbreak of the madness that brought down society <laughs> i feel that just by creating that cd we would be like opening a hell mouth yeah exactly <laughs> No, it would be Lovecraftian in dimensions. It would summon old ones. Yes. Yes. So, let's not. Let's yeah. not do that. No. Okay, yeah. I mean, if you want to do it, I mean, but I think if you did that, it would be like putting yourself in a pink room. I feel like if you made that soundtrack and played it backwards, 
uh-huh. like heavy metal from the 70s, that you would summon Satan and he would just appear and say, turn that shit off. <laughs> <laughs> and then he would disappear in a puff of sulfur smoke. I have to go to D.C. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I thought I'd just pop by and tell you to turn that shit off. Yeah. No, I, about that song, I wrote down, I already hated the first song before the first bullshit snare drum. And and then I wrote down, this song activates my uh, overly anti-authoritarian knee-jerk fuck-the-man instinct Mm -hmm. in a major way. And then I wrote, that said, it is beautifully filmed. Yeah, yeah, I really like the lighting. Yeah, yeah. The, the photography for yeah. it is gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's a shit song. Yeah, and it's not well performed and confusing. And what's going on? Yeah, and who's why? Yeah. Why are they getting these medals? And yeah. well, there are all people who have been injured or involved in a shooting and things like that. But well, like, well, Vicky, all she she got shot in the leg for Christ's sakes. Yeah, well, let's not, you know, we're not. It's not mine to judge. Oh no, no, no! I'm not. I'm not saying you know, like if you're a police officer and being shot in the leg, I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm not sort of like you know making fun of that or anything. But it just seemed a bit, you know, because I mean, she got shot on the leg in one scene, and in the very next scene, there was a doctor saying it's just a flesh wound. Yeah, I mean, they did basically stick a bandit on a raw Andy sang a song, yeah. and then they sent her home. Yeah. You know? And she got a medal for that. Yeah, but uh, it's beautifully photographed. It is, yeah. Although that guy, that first guy, I wasn't keen on his moustache. <gasps> no. There was something very, very disturbing about that moustache. Yeah. I also didn't like that tight perm on the dude in the wheelchair. No. I'm just going to say it. I I didn't like the tight perm on his (laughs) moustache. And that was a very tight perm on his moustache. Because his moustache didn't even stretch to, like, the corners of his mouth. It just kind of, like... It was like a a tight perm Hitler moustache. Yeah, it was really weird. It was awful. Such such very strange choices in presentation. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Well, at least they had a handicapped person on the show. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I I mean, they're probably not really handicapped, because that's, you know... But I, and I'm I'm down with acknowledging that that right. happens. No problem. That yeah. People are. I mean, yeah. Cops really do put themselves in danger every yeah. day. No problem there. Yeah, but it just bothers me when sometimes when there was the the I can't remember her name, but there's the comedian who has MS, and she tried to get a part for somebody who had MS and was you know in a wheelchair, mm-hmm. and they gave it to somebody who had no handicap at all. She's like, how can they actually do? part they don't really know yeah. what yeah. that entails and she, I can't remember her name but she was funny as hell and I was just you know it was kind of nice to see mm-hmm. yeah totally yeah. yeah it still doesn't happen all that often Mm-mm. and you get like somebody who has a you know um, genuine um, uh, handicap yeah there's the woman uh, who was in American Horror Story Coven as the witch who had Down syndrome, right? Oh yeah, who does actually have Down syndrome? Yeah, and was fantastic. Yeah, and she she's in um, uh, uh, she's in the very first season as well. Oh, I, the only one I've ever watched. Oh, okay, of. yeah. No, she, she uh, um, and I think she might have turned up again. Um, so you know, she uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, she's phenomenal. I, oh, I can't remember her name now, but no, she's a great actress. As we've already discussed, I don't know names. In fact, I can't remember my own name, much less y'all's. So, you know. but no, it's not. 
Snow. Come on, yeah. Snow. <laughs> snow. So, um, after, after that, go on, sorry. Oh, no, no. I just, uh, the other thing I was pointing about that song is when they zoom in on Andy and Vicky, uh-huh. uh, they look completely confused also as to what's going <laughs> yeah. on. And I recognize that they're supposed to be like emoting that they have experienced trauma and this is not a happy occasion uh-huh. in the same way that people reason recently rightly criticized Trump for saying congratulations to someone who had gotten a purple heart you know this is not a celebratory moment this is you know a somber moment for them but instead what they're emoting is what the fuck is going on yeah mm-hmm. yeah kind of hilarious I'm possibly thinking about their um acting careers there maybe so I don't know um, I mean after all that the whole uh, uh, chunky poo face uh, intro was mm. a bit of a relief it was yeah at least Randy Newman's perm isn't as tight as that guy's in the wheelchair and at least like he can play the fucking piano oh yeah you know. And he can sing. I he mean, can. you know, let's not let's not knock Randy Newman any more than we already have over the last eight weeks. He does in that opening song sound like somebody's twisting his balls, but <laughs> but but hey, he's the one who gets paid to sing. I don't. I know. Mm. Um, and you say like that as if it's a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, my next note after Chunky Poo Face makes me laugh every time, <laughs> which he does, uh, is Gay Ray. Gay Ray! Gay Ray Gay returns. Ray. I love Gay Ray. Um, and he's and he's particularly awesome in this episode. Not in this scene, but later on. I don't yeah. want to spoil it yet. Yeah, but I'm <laughs> always so happy when I see Gay Ray. Yeah. I'm so happy. I love him. Gay Ray should be on the merch. He should. Just He's the, kind of the icon of the show. Yeah. Kind of the mascot. Just a picture of his face and just saying, Gay Ray. Maybe with like it. a saucy little like, wink. Yeah. What will his, the underside of the heel part of his socks say? Or the arch part of his socks say? Mm. I think we can come up with that with this episode. Well, I think in the upcoming scene, yeah. I think it's going yeah. to present itself. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, just like an orangutan. (laughs) Just like Gay Ray. Uh, I like it when the um, mayor tells the chief of police to muzzle it until this trial is over. Mm -hmm. Oh, God. Yeah, for real. It's about fucking time. Yeah, she's got good again. Yeah. And and then she kind of turns around and was like, was I too tough on him? Yeah. Oh. You know, it's like, I'm going to, you know, and then... No. Yeah, I don't know what's going on there. That's just so. Again, yeah, I hate to say it, um, but lazy writing. It's just yeah. You can't write the fifty-somethings that are in a relationship for one of whom it's the first relationship she's ever had. Apparently, mm-hmm. uh, the same way you write teenagers in a relationship, you just literally can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't have the most powerful woman in the city. Say, I still want to go to bed with you, baby. Yeah. No, sorry, you just can't. She's an incredibly powerful, organized, self-possessed person Uh who knows what she wants and gets it. Yeah. And she does not... It just makes zero sense for her to just, like, head over heels, bug-eyed idiot, (laughs) fall for 
another bug-eyed idiot. <laughs> it does make you. It does make you wonder how the hell did she become mayor? Right. Right. Because mm-hmm. I mean, sort of, and you just kind of think it's a real lost opportunity here. Because you just kind of think like like two people, you know, sort of like you know, in the sort of like early middle age, whatever. You just think like, oh my god, in these incredibly powerful positions, you know, it. it it could be like Antony and Cleopatra. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yes. It could be like this, like a really impressive power couple. But but if they were to, like to have like a Shakespeare analog, it would just be those annoying shits, Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like give them give them competing priorities. Mm-hmm. Give them a way in which, in their official capacities, they are at odds about something serious, mm-hmm. about something meaningful. Um, let it be about the fact that the chief can't shut his mouth in front of the press. Yeah. That's fine. That's serious. Yeah. Like, that's a real problem. But, like, let them, uh, let them approach it as two people who are, who are well aware that to some degree they depend on each other professionally and they are rivals professionally mm-hmm. because the chief of police will always want what he wants and will make it out make out any opposition as city hall being politicians Mm -hmm. and the mayor will always want what she wants and will make out a problem with the police as being the fault of the chief of the police that's just the way politics and bureaucracies work Mm -hmm. like give them something real to have real and meaningful tension over and let them be a little bit rivals and a little bit in love Mm -hmm. and then play with the way that those two then interact with each other Mm -hmm. you know the way that they are genuinely falling for each other and the way that they are both instinctively wary of each other like have a really fascinating oil slick relationship like that (laughs) yeah but they don't no they don't my next note in contrast is actually Vicky and the captain have a really good professional relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love their professional relationship. Mm-hmm. She can go to the captain and say what's the problem and what she wants to have done. And just she doesn't come in and beg and plead to have it. Mm-hmm. She says, I've put in for the new partner and I'm telling you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he says, I understand why and I wish it weren't like this. Mm-hmm. And if you need to talk, then I'm here to listen. Yeah. And that's it. Like, it's not the world's most dramatic and fascinating scene, but it is so refreshing in so many ways to see a good, solid, professional working relationship depicted on television. Yeah. It's a well-written scene. It is. Yeah. And it's just, it's so easy to take those things for granted, unless you're watching Cop Rock, in which case it's like, it's like a bit of gold in it. It's a speck of gold. Yeah. (laughs) Um, My next note was slightly less... uh, 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 insightful, uh, and because it, it it involved Anne Bobby's hair, because <laughs> no, because during the course of this episode, it gets progressively wilder, Oof. and it's almost as like uh, uh, Vicky. Oh, okay. And it's almost like like the stress of the situation is coming out as frizz. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, I mean, and you know, because she's already pretty stressed, right, with her stalker, you know, father, husband, um, and then in this episode where we should probably uh, uh, explain, um, her and Andy are, pa- are, are paired up with new partners, mm-hmm. and neither of whom are put it very suitable. 
No. Um, and so, yeah, so Vicky gets progressively more stressed as the episode goes on, and uh, and her hair becomes increasingly <laughs> spectacular. Mm-hmm. That's uh, funny because I didn't make a note, but I, I definitely noticed that too, and I didn't know if it was the angle, maybe she changed her shampoo. Yeah, forgot the conditioner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, like by the end of the episode, she's picking up satellite channels. <laughs> like, let's just be really honest. Well, this here. is when was like super duper mall hair. That was the oh, yeah, that's 80s, that era. But mm-hmm. I feel like she doesn't have the antenna dish, which is yeah. nice and yeah. refreshing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was all about the volume. Mm-hmm. In my hometown, we called that mall hair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I said that um, uh, uh, it wasn't in this scene, but like in the, in a later scene, she uh, put Jesus. Vicky's hair really is becoming bigger and bigger. She's starting to look like something from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> <laughs> I just figured that she was like one of those lizards that's threatened. Oh <laughs> right, yeah. You're expecting her to like start padding her feet like that as well, like <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, Gonna charge that dude. I pay good money for that. As long yeah. as she charges her asshole partner. Yeah, for real. There yet. Marital blitz. Yeah. Jesus. Got it. But you don't get us. They're not married, are they? It's just like fucking anyway. <laughs> <sighs> uh, and then Andy gets a new partner. And I did notice in that scene where he's paired up with her, he thinks he's getting that dolly bird who's, like, in the middle ground. Yeah. And then she, like, moves on, and then this uh, very strident uh, woman comes forward and, like, shakes his hand. And, uh, yeah, she's no shrinking violet, this woman. Yeah. And he looks horrified. And I kind of found that to be... Like pretty regressive because yes. it was kind of like it was like a bit of a wink to the audience that kind of went like well we all know what a woman should be like right right look at this one you know and you're just like oh god really isn't it hilarious that Andy's partner is mannish yeah exactly oh Jesus so I didn't care for that no not at all now, do we get? Do we move on to the racing? No, okay. because I, oh, so I have a couple more notes. Oh, okay, go on. Oh, the defense and the yeah, the opening statements. Yeah. Oh yeah. All I have for that is CCH founder is goddamn amazing. <laughs> I love her. She is so good. Mm-hmm. Is she British? You know, she did have a little bit of like weird inflection there. Because there was something she said. That's the only thing that matters, or something, and yeah. I was like. Mm-hmm. I don't think I noticed that anywhere else. I didn't know if you guys knew. Don't no, I don't think she yeah. is. Yeah. I mean, I wish. We we definitely have her on our team. Yeah. <laughs> also, her, just her whole look, everything about the way that she presents herself in this mm-hmm. episode, so flawless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So spot on. She is in charge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is everything that she manages to give off, and I love it. Yeah. And, um... And B, anybody listening to this podcast must be somebody. Uh, <laughs> if you want some, some to watch something with uh, more CCH Pounder in, that is amazing. Uh, Baghdad Cafe. Oh, really? The movie, not the TV show that followed. Because I'm pretty sure that in the TV show that followed, 
her part was played by Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah. Um, but the original movie, it's CCH Pounder. I actually just bought the original movie because it was like, it was something ridiculous, like $4 on right. Amazon. And it was recommended because it was something else I bought. And yeah. I was like, I like the sound of that cast. Why not? Yeah. It's a fucking amazing movie. And she is, you know, uh, wonderful in it, as you might expect. Yeah, well, she'd be wonderful in anything. Yeah. So, uh, she could read the farm report and I'd tune in every morning <laughs> you know is that like the uh, the shipping forecast in the UK <laughs> yeah it's, right, it's okay. in, in America the farm report is like and there's actually a whole channel for it on cable huh? uh, where you you listen to a dude talk about like cattle futures and stuff and okay. what's happening with cows yeah well, if she was, uh, I would definitely watch that channel if it was fronted by CCH Pounder and she wore those amazing 90s outfits oh she gets God, to wear in, this, in Cop Rock. I loved the pink shirt today. It looked like oh. she was like emerging from a body, like she was born <laughs> into this, like, I was like, oh, she's got some like Volvo <laughs> collar going on. Totally. Like she's being birthed into this, you know, yeah. amazing. Lawyer, yeah, she has amazing, like, feminine power. Yeah, yeah, she's so great. Yeah, there's the title of uh, this week's episode Volvol Collar. <laughs> <laughs> it would make more sense than Marital Blitz. <laughs> it would, <clears throat> this is in it. And then in the defense's opening statement, he's all like, Well, we've never had guns pointed on ourselves, so we can't possibly decide what to do with somebody who's shot somebody in cold blood. Mm. And I wrote, because I have my soapbox moments, I wrote, conferring additional moral value onto victims of a crime is one of the one thing is one of the things that drives me most bonkers about our criminal justice system and our culture at large. I've been a victim of crime. I don't get to have a special opinion about crime. Yeah. You know? Uh-huh. Sorry. That's just not the way it fucking works. In fact, my opinion about the crimes, the kind of crimes that I, of which I was the victim, is probably skewed unfairly yes. by my experience of being a victim of mm-hmm. that crime. And arguably less valid. Right. Because exactly. you can't be objective about exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. Like, it just, when people are like, you know, uh, well you know we can't possibly judge somebody well when he tells the jury we can't possibly judge Larissa because we weren't mm-hmm. we've never had somebody point a gun at us and we don't know how we would react that's not what they're there to decide mm-hmm. they're there to decide did he mean ahead of time to do this yeah you know yeah there's a um, a, a British uh, a comedy double act called um, uh, Mitchell and Webb and they do a sketch where um, it's like a, a news report, and the news is that the it's something like the the government have uh, decided that um, you know, sort of like some uh, horrific train accident uh, you know was uh, just uh, was not caused by human error or it was it was human error but they've decided not to charge the person uh, uh, you know uh, um, responsible or whatever and then um, as so often in these news reports it says like we're going to talk to uh, you know the relative of a victim from like an, uh, a similar accident. And uh, you know, and they say like, "Well, how do you feel?" And then he says, "Well, you know, 
how do you think I feel? And he says, well, you know, well, you know, can you explain? He goes like, well, I'm not entirely sure why you're asking me because obviously, you know, surely my opinion is not, is not going to be objective because I lost a family member in a similar situation. Mm-hmm. So, and yet they do it all the fucking time, mm-hmm. don't they? Mm-hmm. Well, that's the point of our justice system mm-hmm. is to take the question out of the hands of the people who are directly involved and put it in the hands of people who are going to be objective about the facts in the matter. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, like, what are we supposed to be, fucking Vikings? That, like, are we supposed to go to the family of a victim and say, well, we definitely want to make sure, above all, that you get the revenge that you feel you and your subjective opinion deserve. Yeah. You know, like, that's that's the, the point of the justice system is to prevent that from happening. It's the whole eye for an eye. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Ugh, it drives me fucking crazy. Anyway, sorry. I get that. But my next note is about Ray. Yay! Um, yes. Um, when the mayor is uh, worried that she's uh, offended the mayor because he's not returning her phone calls, she asks Ray you know, uh, his opinion on maybe something she, she could get him. Mm-hmm. Something big. To which he replies, ooh, something in leather. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, Ray. We love you, Ray. And as though that it couldn't get any better than that, he then says, uh, uh, they decide that it's going to be a saddle. And then he says, with a big silver knob. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And you just think, like, oh, yes, I would, I would very much like a leather saddle with a big silver knob. I like to also see some crops and spurs to go yes. with it. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I love the way the mayor is like, just the saddle. <laughs> and, and I can just, I feel like behind that there's a not another crops and spurs event. Yeah. Yes, of course. Because we know of uh, Ray's penchant for uh, mm-hmm. cowboy gear. Mm-hmm. Wearing those leather chaps. The, the note I put down was in the fanfic reboot about Crystal Ashtray and, you know, and etc. Mm-hmm. I really want Ray to be the mayor. <gasps> oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Riding on the saddle with this big silver knob. Mm-hmm. He could combine the characters of the chief and mayor, and that he could be this like over the top Western obsessed mayor who's like constantly having to struggle with the fact that the people of L.A. The, that his political opponents mm-hmm. um, underestimate him because he's a gay guy and uh, are constantly like out there dragging his name through the mud mm-hmm. you know trying to get haters on board to mm-hmm. try to unseat him in his next election mm-hmm. and so he's constantly having to deal with that sort of prejudice and that sort of low expectation that his enemies would have of him and um, and still try to get done the work of being the mayor yeah. and keep up with his like I don't know line dancing group or whatever <laughs> that he's involved in so uh, I feel like that could be a really fascinating take on the character so maybe it's me. No, I'd watch it. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, I think it's a given that at some point we'll all be involved in this I mean, hypothetical reboot and it won't be <laughs> hypothetical anymore. It'll be very real, who possibly on Hulu. Who else right. are going to call? You know? Exactly. Right? Ray, if you're listening. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ray, if you're listening, mm-hmm. you for mayor. You for mayor. Um... Also, to continue my violent trend, I wrote uh, Vicky's new partner used to get pushed in front of a train. 
Oh yeah, he's awful. I said Vicky's new partner sucks as much as her husband. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is. He's just as bad as her husband. Yeah. Mm. God damn it, dreadful. Dick. And then Andy's new partner tells him, "I'm not much. Uh, uh, I'm not much into music." To which right. I was thinking, "Oh, you'll fit right in on this show, then, love." <laughs> <laughs> and then it kind of turns out she's not. Yes, <laughs> she's into something else. Mm-hmm. Um. I wasn't quite sure what to make of the scene uh, where, um, is it, uh, I forgot his name, is it Donnie? Donnie's cross, uh, no it wasn't Donnie who's being cross-examined. Gaines? Gaines is cross-examined and Mm -hmm. is asked whether he checked the, um, the shooting victim's crotch. Yeah, whether he put his hand into Tyrone Weeks's underwear. Tyrone Weeks, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, pre- I'm thinking, I'm pretty sure that's a thing that police officers don't do as a matter of course. I've never been patted down for a weapon by the police in the United States, but I have been patted down for a weapon by customs in Germany. Right. And there he did cup me. Oh. And I... It being in the middle of the night and I was in the middle of a long flight and there was a layover. Blurted out the first German word I could think of, which was Danke. <laughs> <laughs> and then all of his colleagues had a big laugh. And he waved me through customs and stopped touching me. Oh. So. I don't know if that's a thing or not, but okay. my note about that was, let's just say the question of whether Gaines reached into anybody's pants will be thoroughly explored and definitively answered in my fanfic <laughs> on the internet later tonight. <laughs> okay. Uh, Why well, am I not surprised? Um, and the, <laughs> there's, a, there's a bit where Gaines says um, in uh, in answer to uh, some question uh, you can ask Ralph but he pronounces it in a really weird way and he kind of says you can ask Rolf 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 oh I did hear that I was wondering who the fuck Rolf was yeah Rolf Rolf (laughs) and I was like 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 the one from the Muppets yeah (laughs) exactly he's like he's a dog (laughs) you can ask Rolf exactly (laughs) I mean that would be one hell of a crossover wouldn't it yeah the Muppets and Cockbrook wow oh my god Muppets take Manhattan meets yeah. Cop rock. You could just like. Yeah, you could <laughs> re people. Well, have it a main mix. Have it be people and Muppets. Like, uh, like you know, the one that's about Muppet sex. Avenue Q. Avenue Q. Yes. Um, uh, I was trying to call it S Town. Um, because <laughs> I got as far as there being a letter and a word, but you know. Um, so anyway. Yeah, you do like a mix of people and Muppets and mm. keep the people you really love and you use Muppets for the people you don't. Oh, I think Ralph will definitely be, be on Rolf. the... Rolf. I think he'll be like a pile of blankets or some shit. <laughs> yeah. Maybe a heartbeat if we give him that. 
<laughs> you just sort of struck on a way of making him even worse than he actually is in the show. <laughs> He's just going to be a picture in the middle of the dartboard in my version. <laughs> but with lips that move. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That big dartboard like dart sticking out of his face. <laughs> and whenever it cuts to him, it's just close up on that. And, <laughs> and pin a cheeseburger off to the side where he can yeah. never reach it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow! Shove okay. a carrot stick in there. Mm. Um. <laughs> uh, my next thing is uh, not Landing's Terry Austin's character Trish is wearing another deck chair. <laughs> another what? Deck chair. <laughs> it's like uh, uh, those um, collapsible chairs that you have on the. Uh, um... She's wearing one. Yeah, because remember her blouse, um, like last week was horrible it was all stripey right right and it's like a deck chair kind of thing <laughs> like one of those collapsible chairs you have at the seaside yeah yeah and, and and today she was wearing yet another one it wasn't quite as loud as the last one but yeah. I was thinking like oh god is she is in a deck chair mm. again in court this time <laughs> I mean it was a little like saying that there are some motorcycles that are not as noisy as other motorcycles yes it was less loud yes <laughs> you know yeah there's somebody gunning the engine on a Suzuki instead of a Harley. <laughs> um, it's so bad. Uh, who is the guy who stands up in court and... Was he just some kind of some random... Yeah. I think so. I thought that the next song was going to come at that point. Yes. Like, I was expecting yeah. it. I was writing number two, you know, and <laughs> it didn't happen. I was ready for there to be a courtroom song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I really enjoyed He's Guilty. Yeah. Way back in the day. Yeah. A million years ago. But there is a song that follows quite soon afterwards. Right. right. With that random guy. Right. Yeah. And I guess the fact that it's just some random guy that goes off on one is like the early warning system because the main characters hardly ever sing. They always get like some random person in to sing a song. Mm-hmm. And so as soon as that guy stands up, you're like, mm must be time for another song then yeah it does almost have that like operetto sense of of like somebody standing up and sort of taking the pose where they like extend one hand and lift their chin and like take a deep breath and he's like okay now now a song yes but um I I wrote down about him the angry court guy because we don't know who he is uh is right the cops are racist see the chief's current storyline you know uh-huh. and again this all anticipates Rodney King by 18 months mm-hmm. oh, I, yeah I was mm-hmm. yeah it's really interesting because he, he does basically say you know sort of in no uncertain terms the system is racist which it is yeah and he's just laying it all out there um I also like the way that this song is ultimately about the media. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's sung by the media who are in the process of trying to compress this incredibly complex mm-hmm. a series of interrelated problems into a soundbite. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's what the song is about, is about how this stuff gets compressed into a soundbite and it's bad. Yeah. And or zoomed in tight. And or zoomed in tight. <laughs> Cuts out the casino. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Totally. And I think the song's called For the Record. Yep. Yeah. It's just good. Um, I don't... It's at best an okay song, basically. But I liked a lot of what it was about, and I liked the way it was set up. Yes. 
Although some of the lyrics seemed like, uh, I don't know, it's one thing to to have a character stand up and uh, say the system is racist. There's another thing entirely to have somebody singing the line, would you agree this case has racist overtones? Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't quite flow, does it? Yeah. <laughs> it goes back to, what was that, I saving the kid? Or yeah, exactly. <laughs> that time I, I, I saved that kid or whatever, yeah. yeah it's going to be a hell of a rhyme. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and um, it's bizarre because once again, LaRusso doesn't sing. No. He's just, he's just, he's in the middle of all that, just looking annoyed. Yeah. Well, isn't that at the point he says, I'm not a racist, I'm not an assassin, I'm just a cop? Wasn't that during the song? Mm-hmm. Oh, does he sing? But he just, he just, he just says, says it. He says it, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He sings, sing says. Sing says. Um, that might be when I started contemplating my uh, prison break. <laughs> I think so. I think so, actually. Because I remember saying to Detective Duda, I do believe Orphiche is asleep. <laughs> Partly because you were snoring a little. Oh. See, was, I don't, did I even... Writing, no. Okay, I was probably so like, entranced and trying to write down the details so I can remember what the fuck was actually happening. <laughs> because... <laughs> Um, yeah, it's like I write down everything that happens, and yeah. I didn't actually fall asleep into like a deep sleep until much later, uh, a bit later on, because uh, I have it in my notes here. Yes. <laughs> like a, like a, a line that gets like near the bottom of the page and it gets like uh, more and more faded, mm-hmm. as, uh, as 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 did I. Um, uh, I like the bit when uh, Andy was complimented on his buns. Yeah, I thought that was a cute scene. Yeah, I actually thought that was really cute. Yeah, but his his new uh, female partner did not care for that. Not in the least. No, it's only a bit later on that we realise why she didn't care for that. Yeah, I was at first. I was like, okay, we get it. She's a lesbian. You don't have to be an asshole. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's not the case, is it? Not at all. She didn't like the uh, naughty lady driver complimenting Andy on his buns because she wants to get her mitts on his buns. Yeah. I do like that he got a little taste of his own medicine there. Mm-hmm. Yes. I like that a lot. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. I also wrote down... I feel like that's the the only saving grace of that whole story. Yes. Um, about the scene where they go to a chicken place to break up the fight... <laughs> I wrote down, I too am willing to die over a bucket of chicken. <laughs> Let's just be clear. Colonel Sanders, if you're listening, <laughs> feel free yeah. to drop me some chicken. Okay, because I might be wrong. I could be wrong. But I don't believe we have a sponsor as yet. We don't. Well, no sponsors. There you go. Mm. Chicken and some biscuits and my favorite mashed potatoes. Oh. Also, Bojangles, if you're listening, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we're definitely accepting bids. Yeah. Yep. Any fried chicken place within. Well, yeah. Apart from Kentucky Fried Rat. Oh, you don't. You don't do the KFC. No. Well, he, did, he just tried to get Colonel Sanders to do a sponsor for us. So yeah, I know, but you know, there's plenty of better ones than that. I mean, mind well, you, I am slightly um, 
uh, bias since I have a, an allergy to poultry. So maybe don't listen to me. <laughs> Did you know that? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. sorry. Yeah. It's just so you looked at me as if to say, sort of like, oh, you'll say anything on this podcast <laughs> at stage of the earth. But you wouldn't be allergic to country fried rats, so we can always fry some rat mm. or get some sponsored company to fry rat. I just don't fancy that. How about all the chicken places send us three servings of chicken? Yeah. One for me, one for you, and then one for Officer Orphy, too, that we can split. Mm-hmm. And we can do a blind taste test. I thought you you were going to say, and one for Officer Orifice, and then we'd see what happened. A bit like <laughs> that scene in the, in the Deer Hunter. <laughs> and we actually play, like, Russian Roulette live on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And Get see, the EpiPen to the right. Exactly. <laughs> see if I go into anaphylactic shock. Um, so it's not just, like, a tongue, you know, gets itchy or, like, a rash. It's, like... Full mm-hmm. anaphylactic throat closes. Yeah, I I take an antihistamine every morning now. So because I fucking love chicken. So um, oh, wow. So I eat chicken, but it's only because I have my loratadine every every morning. Um, but uh, no, I have had. Um, there was one incident when I was uh, uh, a student, an undergraduate student, when um, <laughs> uh, it got quite bad, and my my head swelled up and went purple oh my god and I had a rash all over my body and my throat started to, to close up and my lips were went all Mick Jagger and you still eat chicken oh yeah and Ooh. loratadine a little tiny loratadine keeps you from mm-hmm. sometimes you know sort of like I get like my, my lips get itchy or a slight, slightly swollen or I get like an itchy throat or, or something but mm, do love a bit of chicken mm-hmm. wow and I thought I like to live dangerously. <laughs> oh, okay. If you're a chicken chaser. <laughs> Which I'm not, really. Um. Oh, my God, that took me back. <laughs> uh, I actually had to explain to somebody fairly recently that the whole, like, old slang of, like, chicken and chicken hawk and uh-huh. old gay slang. Anyway. Um, I, I wrote next wrote down after I too am willing to die over a bucket of chicken which for the record so is Officer Orofice uh-huh. obviously mm-hmm. um, <laughs> literally willing to literally die literally willing to die over a bucket of chicken I wrote down however fights in an off brand KFC do not turn me on <laughs> and and I, I was intrigued to, to, to hear that there's a number for that 115 a 115 yeah you're going to get in a fight in an off-brand KFC <laughs> in Los Angeles, you're going to be a code 115. Code 115, which really turns on Andy's new partner. Which is so weird. She just clamps on the second they're in the car. Yes. And she has a... Well, let's be charitable and call it a song. I actually wrote down what in the radical fuck is this song. (laughs) (laughs) And then this isn't so much a song as it is a spoken word piece with a beat. And most of it isn't even words. Well, no, because I I, I took a guess that the song was called I Want to Go Bumpty Bumpty. Because that's the line that she repeats. Yeah. And then there's another line that comes after it. And I can't remember what that is. 
but it's some like completely nonsense word like mm-hmm. I want to go bumpty bumpty I want to wow 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 or something like that yeah. it just makes no sense yeah I just have bumpty bumpty with you yeah I wrote a terrible song lyrics suck bumpty bumpty with you that's what I got it was shocking I don't know and then she kind of like she does that thing where her hair's been tied up the entire time and then she lets it all down and sort of like she becomes this horrible sexual predator who kind of spreads his legs while he's on top of the car and stuff and I wrote down she's like a rabid Sybil Shepherd. <laughs> <laughs> Too busy foaming at the mouth to actually sing. Exactly. Um, yeah, that was awful. Ugh. Then we had to endure the Chief's Ugh. news conference where he tries to apologize for his comments and fails. Yes. And I wrote, the Chief got so close to getting me back. Mm-hmm. And then he didn't. Because it was his motherfucking birthday. Well, if he can't piss mm-hmm. off the West End liberal media elites on your birthday, when can you? Bunch of left wing media jacks. jackals. Thank, thank <laughs> oh, you. Oh, I just uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I get um, I wrote it down because <laughs> he says, "I am what I am, and what I am is an old cop who doesn't have the time to." sit around and argue with a bunch of left-wing media jackals. <sighs> I think I am what I am and what I am needs no excuses is just a, a little bit more catchy. And if they were going to do a song, then they should have probably just stuck that in. They could have paid for the rights mm. for, from, um, what's it called? The Casual Fall? Oh, yeah, yeah. But I am what I am, and what I am is an old cop who doesn't have the time to sit around and argue with a bunch of left-wing media jackals. Just didn't do it for me, I'm afraid. The the whole, like, well, I am who I am, and I'm just never going to change, and sucks for the world that the world has changed around me thing is such bullshit Mm -hmm. as an excuse for hanging on to regressive attitudes. Mm -hmm. And I have heard it at so many Thanksgiving dinners that I threw up just a little when he said it. <laughs> Did it taste like uh, pumpkin pie? Tasted like turkey for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually tasted turkey so hard when that happened that Officer Orofice had to take another antihistamine. <laughs> just, just sitting four feet from me. I know. And a little tryptophan nap. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, well, you had the turkey. I'll take the nap. Yeah. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> it just came over like by osmosis. It was, uh, it was very uh, overwhelming. Um, but at least the mayor got turned on. Yeah. What the fuck? What the fuck? And, uh, it's just so embarrassing. Who's who's going to say the line? I think we all wrote down <laughs> this line. <laughs> I, I feel free. Was it that he called me middle-aged? That's the next thing I have. Oh, no. I, uh, I got... Um, the oh yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> a good woman a good saddle what more could a man ask for and then the mayor's like a great mount 
<laughs> I mean, once once you've taken the cap off that oil of Ole, there's just no stopping it, is there? Everything about it is so wrong. Oh, Lord. It's so wrong. It hurts me physically. Now, yes. Then there's LaRusso trying to talk about how he's got a fake passport and a fake driver's license and a car registered under a fake name. And I'm like, that's that's a lot of prep. Mm-hmm. He's known for a long time that something was going to happen to run him out of town. Yeah. Yep. Um, but his uh, attorney, uh, you know, him asking his attorney for money and stuff, and what I read, him being all like, they're going to convict me and then I'm going to go to prison and it's going to be like San Quentin. Oh, gee, I don't know about like all those other people you sent to prison. And um, what I wrote down was, I really hope LaRusso gets knifed in prison. <laughs> <laughs> That's very similar to what I wrote, but I put, I really hope LaRusso gets knobbed in prison. May <laughs> <laughs> he drop the soap many times. Yeah. <laughs> it all starts with a K and an N. It does. I can see him in an episode of Oz. Yes. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Him and Chris Maloney. I'd pay mm-hmm. good money for that. Actually, yeah, I'd be fine with that. That'd be uh, dandy. Anyway. Um, <laughs> this podcast's getting progressively pervier. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think it was possible for me. <laughs> um, is, was there anything else before the Captain song? Yeah. Right. Uh, so the the lawyer being all like, here's a fairly obvious question. Oh, doesn't that throw you for a loop? Um, I wrote down, for being the best lawyer in L.A., Sydney isn't terribly sophisticated, you know? I kind of know. He's just meh. Um, but next up, I have the captain. Why is Sydney there anyway? He just seems like a it seems like a fairly superfluous character, and surely it would have been a lot more interesting if Trish was the main lawyer because then there would be more time for her. Because like there's so many scenes where she's just sitting there taking notes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. And you just kind of think like, oh, you know, this could have been like a jagged edge kind of situation, mm-hmm. you know, with her as the Glenn Close character and him as the Jeff Bridges character and there'd be like some sexual tension there and, you know. But no, she's just relegated to wearing that fucking deck chair. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and she's caught up, got caught up in it by the pool and wasn't able to escape before filming. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like a deck chair with, like, legs. Um, <laughs> she's all tangled up in it. Jeez. Yeah, and then we have the, the captain song. <sighs> Quit your bitching. Quit your bitching. Which, I have to say, uh, was my favourite song of this episode. What? Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. I mean, partly because he was kind of mean. <laughs> Does the 115 turn you on? <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> 115 <laughs> of the copying machine. Yeah, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah absolutely. Because he had, like, it was a bit of a, like a, a Rod Stewart style vocals, didn't he? Yeah. He was true. quite quite raspy. I wrote down the scene of the captain having to sign the paperwork while he's changing out the copier paper is like too real. That is <laughs> that is legit. But he's kind of just being an asshole. And uh, 
Which I think he kind of deserves to snap a little bit because he deals with a lot of shit. Yeah. And he can never find the refrigerator back, back home. He's constantly <laughs> walking into right. his own car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kids camouflaged. Wife is camouflaged. She's painted over the table, over the windows with more wood print. Can't even find the fucking front door because, ironically, the only real wood in the whole fucking house is disguised by all the other fake wood that everything is. Trips over the couch because the carpet's been painted to look like wood grain, and the couch has been looked to has been painted to look like wood grain. Yeah, and their patterns coincide as long as you walk in from the right angle. Uh huh. Like, fuck, what's he supposed to do? Of course he's going to snap. Who wouldn't lose their shit over that? But I wrote, can he sing this Quit Your Bitchin' song to his kid? Oh. <laughs> or, I mean, at least to get something out of the kid. Mm-hmm. And if we sang that to the kid while the kid's waxy face lies in bed, maybe the kid would, like, snap out of the coma to tell him to stop. I don't know. Um, or, can he sing it to Ralph? That would be, or Rolf. 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 Uh, Rolf or the other... Nasty detective. Yeah. The racist detective. Yeah, can yeah. you get like Rolf as kid and the racist detective in the same room at the same time? Yeah. And then sing the song and be done with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I still enjoyed it because it had the lyric knock off the pissing and the moaning <laughs> which is I'm just gonna leave that there. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna finish that thought. Does that fire the imagination? It may do. <laughs> it may do. And then we get this closing a scene with Potts on the stand. Yeah, mm. finally. I, I wrote down Potts' scene is probably the best this show has ever been. Mm-hmm. It's a solid performance, a solid scene. An actor who has repeatedly had to sit there and read the newspaper moodily mm-hmm. while other people sing at him. Who has had to sit there and try to project that he's... Like I said last time, that he's like envisioning these two futures, neither of which is great, mm-hmm. while Ozzy lays a, a trip on him. Mm-hmm. Like, he's had so little to do in terms of like speaking parts and things like that, but he's had to project so much emotion at different times. And um, he's got a great scene there. It's mm-hmm. a great scene. It's a great way to end the episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. At least the episode went out on a high. Yeah. Uh, but it's hard not to when you start in not just the basement or the sub-basement, but the, like, the Roman ruins on which you built your building. God. The, um, yeah, the Medal of Valor song. Uh, Jesus. So, good cop, bad cop, innocent bystander. I am willing to bad cop this episode, no problem. <laughs> I feel like I've only been good cop once, so I can technically I can good cop this one. If oh, you okay. If you want to okay. be innocent bystander, I feel like I've only good coped. No, go on like. then. I'm I'm interested. Go, go on, good cop yeah, it because. Well, you good copping it will almost be like my first time watching it. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I did this a few episodes back. Um. I, 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 I said I would good cop an episode and realized I really fucking hated it. Well, I think good copying it. Yeah, we had a handicapped person. Um, uh, there was uh, the possibility that CCH Pounder was British um, <laughs> and he got sexually assaulted by his uh, cranky Petrovich partner Petrovich that was Petrovich. it yeah. um, well remembered the mayor got to sign some photos she's a popular gal now she is Ray and his big silver knob oh well um, that's 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 it right there I mean, that's, that's well yeah that's pretty good, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Ray's big silver knob would probably trump most things. Yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty. Yeah. Actually, I, mean, I think I think I would also be willing to die over a bucket of chicken. Just depends on where it's from. Mm-hmm. That is a funny line. It was a funny line. Yeah. I'm willing to die over a bucket of chicken. And it's kind of funny because when that was happening, I was like, my dad wasn't much into fighting, but my dad would definitely be willing to die over a bucket of chicken because we used to drive around. He'd be like, oh, there's a really good chicken place, you know, 20 miles. We would drive out of the way so he could go get his preferred (laughs) chicken at like Lee's General when we were driving through Virginia. (laughs) And then... One of our friends from uh, school, my dad was driving through this little shopping uh, center that was like way over there. He's like, he's like, yeah, he's like, I think there's a sign that said there's a chicken place over there. My friend's like, what? I don't see anything. And he's like, yeah, no, no, there's, there's a sign that says that there's a fried chicken place. He knew obviously where it was. Mm-hmm. So they always joked that he had chicken vision. <laughs> so my dad had like, instead of x-ray vision, he could find a chicken spot within, you know, 20 miles, apparently. Chision. Chision, Chision. Wow. Mm. There's an off-brand Marvel superhero. The (laughs) Chision. The Chision. Yeah, so I I think that's as good as I can get as far as this episode. The Chief looks really horrible for only being 52. I feel like he's not aged very well. Um, so that's kind of good for us that he's, you know, a bigot and aged quicker than he, you know. Yeah. Mm. Um, Hatred will do that. Too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's not a healthy way to live. And then yeah. Hollander had a song that was better <coughs> than the Sleep Little Paralyzed Child or whatever, uh, Comatose <laughs> Child. Can we, can, can we do weird, waxy <laughs> death face? Continue sleeping, false child that is definitely not a mannequin. Right. Amazing. Right. You know. It doesn't move. Oh. Although his mouth opens up really wide, too. That was quite impressive. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, <laughs> his lips got all curly. Oh, my Lord. All right. So I'm done okay. helping it because if not, it'll just be. That's hilarious, though. Yeah. Mm. His mouth opens really wide. Let's go all curly. <laughs> I think I could bad cop every single one of these, but I'm never, you know. You good cop that really well, yeah, actually. Okay. Yeah. I actually um, went through my notes and I made yeah, it more yeah. than just, oh, I'm a bad cop because I fucking hate this episode. That's usually how yeah. I bad cop mm-hmm. it. Maybe I should be a little more... Reflecting on the episode when I bad cop it instead of just saying this is a total pile of flaming horseshit, you know. <laughs> well, allow me as bad cop to say this is a total pile of flaming horseshit. Excellent. This episode 
was shit. <laughs> this episode is terrible. The music is terrible. The storylines are terrible. The best thing that I can say happens in almost the entire episode is that we get to see a cop get sexually assaulted. That is the high bar <laughs> for this episode until we get Pots' scene. But that's the exception that proves the rule because that scene is so good that it makes you reflect on the previous, say, 40 minutes of television <laughs> and think, where the hell was this then? Mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck? Were they saving up all the good for this four minutes? Like, did, did they like did they say, we've got, okay, guys, we've got to write one good scene, y'all. So, mm-hmm. everybody in the writing room, everybody else, <laughs> shake an eight ball until you got a plot. <laughs> and, and it's like... Shake an eight ball and snort an eight ball. <laughs> shake an eight ball snort an eight ball. Do all the eight balls you can. Play some pool. I don't know. You know whatever. Write plot hooks on pool balls and play some pool. Like, it's... Uh, the rest of the episode is such fucking garbage. Mm-hmm. That, especially compared to how good it's been over the last couple of episodes, mm-hmm. that drives me bonkers. And so that's why I'm bad cop. So that leaves me with Innocent Bystander, which I, I, in all conscience, I can't be. So I'm for this week only, I'm going to be comatose bystander. <laughs> <laughs> Um, So we decided that there are just no songs for the soundtrack of this episode. Uh, Yeah, no, I don't think so. If one had to come from this episode, it would be Quit Your Bitching. Mm -hmm. But that would be it. See, I think this is good, though, because we have an episode that we don't have one, so that means that we can take two from another one, because I feel like there's been a couple where there's been definitely more than one song that we've... Well, not that we have to keep our soundtrack to 11 episodes just because... Or 11 songs, because there's 11 episodes, but... But if we were going to do that... We've got space for one extra. Well, see, we've already got nine songs out of eight episodes. Look at that. Well, then, look, we can skip this one because it's shit. Yes. Well, uh, uh, obviously, one of those songs is the Cop Rock theme. Okay. Which is kind of like, you know, from every episode. <laughs> do, do we get to, like, put in parentheses, Chunky Poo intro? <laughs> well, Chunky Poo mix? <laughs> I had actually put in brackets under the gun but we could always replace that with <laughs> chunky poo face <laughs> oh my god it's just so weird he's such a talented musician yeah I know like what the hell's happening I think to be fair I think we do right to leave out quit your bitching because uh, although I agree uh, you know I think it is the best song of the of the episode uh, compared to the other songs off the uh, soundtrack album, mm. no. no. Yeah, I don't think it's soundtrack no. worthy. Not at all. <clears throat> it's no perfection. No. It's no. It's not even a baby merchant brackets. <laughs> Tots are us. <laughs> Which is maybe not a great song, but is a great moment. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And and not a bad song. Very yeah. Huey Lewis. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so. Two, two more episodes left. 
Well, listener, if you're out there, mm-hmm. just to combine our two memes, um, you have hung with it this far, and kudos to you. Yes. <laughs> and we would say cop a feel yourself, except you might have a 115 and a fake KFC. Or you might actually uh, be comatose, and that's why you've stuck with it this far. Oh my god. What if they're playing this in hospital wards to people in comas to try to get them to wake up to change the channel? I think if if they were playing this to comatose uh, uh, patients in hospital, they'd be doing it, doing it just to help them, like, cross over. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing else to live for. Just move on. <laughs> yeah. You know, that character in Farscape who is the... The old witch woman, or the, the guy, rather, with the metal face. Mm-hmm. And when people are dying, he, like, shows them whatever is underneath the metal half of his face. Yes. I'm pretty sure it's playing cop rock. <laughs> <laughs> I think he pops that open and is playing cop rock, and they're so horrified that they die. Uh, I hope so. I hope it's when, when it's my time, he comes and visits me and then, like, removes his, his half metal mask. And then I see and Bobby's massive hair. <laughs> and you be like reaches for you. Yeah. what you got yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ain't nothing I haven't experienced before <laughs> uh, as long as it right. doesn't play quit, quit your bitching or the medal of valor song or oh. Christ it's not I want a bumpity bumpity <laughs> oh. <laughs> anyway humiliating oh. At least they, the reason we don't have a song is they actually cut it down to four this episode. So the fifth, the myth, the missing song mm-hmm. would have been on the soundtrack. Yeah. But they sure. had to start cutting it because I'm sure they were getting in hot water for producing such shite that they were like, all right, we'll only, we'll only do four songs instead of five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You'd think that would help. Yeah. No. 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 All right, then. Well, anyway, thanks for listening. Yeah, till next week, listener. Is this... Go cut yourself. <laughs> oh, my lord. Let's Watch Cop Rock is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0 International License. The theme music for Let's Watch Cop Rock is The Crime by Risework, released under a Creative Commons Non-Commercial Sharealike 3.0 License. And don't forget, you can find us on Twitter as at CopRocker and at Officer Orifice. And I was punished, I did my time. And now the jury in silent main has passed the verdict. Seems I'm 